Hey everybody, and welcome to the Fart Fetish Podcast once again. It's that podcast where we seek to find the answer to what is fart fetish, where might it come from, how is it enjoyed, and what are the people like who have this fetish and other fetishes too. We do this on every first Friday of the month on almost all major podcast platforms and at fartfetishpodcast.com. And if you like fart erotica, well, I've got some of that on thefartcloset.com. That's my erotica website. You can support the podcast just by checking out all the free stories, captions, and more at thefartcloset.com. And want to make videos with me? Hit me up about that too. And now, it's a great pleasure to introduce and have back on the show, Master Jaden. And joining him today is his partner, Jeremy, also known as Master Ass Ripper. We dive into many things on today's episode, like the golden era of fart fetish content when farts were unrestricted on platforms and the website Male Ass Rippers was still functional. We also get into Jaden and Jeremy's content creation journey and some of the drawbacks like NPC fans, catfishing, and competing in the space with straight alpha male creators with questionable motives. But there's so much more we talk about, so let's just jump right into the Fart Fetish Podcast. Jaden, welcome back to the podcast. And for the first time, I'd like to welcome Jeremy, aka Master Ass Ripper, to the podcast. Thank you both for being here. Oh no, it's 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 a pleasure. Excited to be here. Yeah, hi, and thank you so much for having me back. I really enjoy your show and you've been so kind to me throughout this process. And yeah, just thank you for having me back and my boyfriend. No, it's great. It's, it's really my pleasure. I'm I'm happy to uh I'm happy to have you back and, and hear more about um both of you really hear more about the the work you do and and all this stuff um since you know this is your first time i wanted to start by hearing a bit about you jeremy and and a little about the fetish for you well mostly just a mostly a content creator um on twitter uh i was on instagram for a little bit and i also had a bit of uh influence on snapchat before a whole shebang happened on that um and uh my snapchat got banned basically my instagram got hacked uh so now i'm mostly just a twitter gassy guy if that's a way to call it <laughs> over five thousand subscribe followers nice very nice do you know about when this uh fetish like originated for you I do, and it's actually a really funny story. Well, depends on how you look at it. So uh, this whole thing sort of started for me back in 2014 when I was actually, like, saying it like this, it sounds really bad, but it was when I was 14 years old, uh, me and my cousin, we would watch uh, YouTube videos. And it was this dude who would, like, hide himself in, like, a costume of, like, a ghost. And, you know, when you're on YouTube or something like that and you just pop into, like, the weird side of YouTube. Let's just say the, that night I was by myself watching these sort of videos and I just stumbled onto that side of YouTube where it was like, dude sits on cake and farts or this dude's doing this and doing that. And uh, I... Going through my puberty phase, I may have gotten a bit turned off. I was like, okay, okay. Like, didn't think it would do anything for me, but I started to uh, develop feelings for the idea of male ass. 
And I was like, um, yep, I'm gay. Um, and ever since 2014, I've basically been, I've been here for it. Nice. Nice. That's really great. Uh, I feel like you left off. What what was happening in this ghost costume video? Okay, so it wasn't a fetish thing for this video. It was more like a dude being, um, trying to think of how to describe it. But it was like those sort of videos. It's like, oh, Bigfoot caught on camera, ghost caught on camera. But like he did it was like the ghost would walk into view, rip some ass. And then do, like, an exaggerated, like, oh, phew! And then, like, try to get away from it. But he, like, either trips down the stairs or he falls over a table, getting out of view. And that's just sort of how the video made itself to be. But somehow I ended up from that <laughs> to the other side of YouTube where I, I call it fart tube. No other way to describe it. Uh, <laughs> looking back on it now, I do laugh about it, though. So what, when you say fart tube, is that literally just people that have uploaded um, these funny videos uh, on on YouTube, these funny fart videos specifically, um, and that kind of just keeps you in a rabbit hole of similar videos? Yes, very much so. Uh, just sort of, once you get that algorithm of, you oh, you watched this one video? Here, let me just just give you like 20 different other ones that you may possibly like. And then you click on one of those videos and then 20 more pop up. It just sort of feeds into the algorithm. And that's why it's just that one rabbit hole that you're like, Oh, I don't know how I started here, but I, I guess I'm, I'm here now. Yeah. Do you find that still to be the case on YouTube? Any more YouTube has definitely cracked down on, uh, what is posted. Mm -hmm. I would more or less say for like the whole farting thing uh, I feel like they really watch what people say what they post what they do because essentially I remember back in 2006 like that was where a lot of like farters went like, that was where like a good portion of the ones especially in the gay community that's where they a lot of them started I mean, if you go on YouTube now and type in girl farting on cake, you'll probably find like five or six videos. Sure. But YouTube has done a very good job of uh, really censoring, blocking out, getting rid of certain videos, mm -hmm. people. Since almost I want to say I got off of YouTube, which was probably 2016. That's when it really started taking a downfall. For sure. For sure. Um, what aspects and, and themes around this fetish do you find yourself enjoying, Jeremy? I, I love the idea of uh, domination. The domination, submissive aspect of it. I do enjoy the whole uh, the theme of bro-bonding. Like... There's nothing more satisfying than two guys hanging out together and just ripping ass and acting like it's all totally normal. Sorry about that. No, it's fine. Um, just being dudes about it. Like, I still find farts funny. Don't get me wrong. I do. Like, I, I will watch a video and I will laugh so hard at it. But, like, it's just the idea that, like, the idea that dudes are bonding 
hanging out, just being gross. But then also the whole fetish size of, you know, sitting on someone's face, ripping some ass on their face, all that shit. <laughs> and when you talk about domination, do you uh, do you have a side of the slash that you uh, prefer to stay on? Do you do both? I do both. I can be submissive and I can also be pretty dominant. Very nice. Very nice. Um, what type of... Um... Could you give me like a, a thought of like a scenario that would be like particularly, um, you know, particularly perfect in your head? Um, a fantasy scenario, as it were. I mean, I got a lot. <laughs> sure. sure. I guess give me the one that um, and it doesn't have to be graphic, of course, but the, the one that's most illustrative of of maybe like the the like what's do you have a top one? Like like I, I would say I have a, I have a top uh, fantasy for sure. But but would you say you do? I feel like I enjoy the whole bully slash nerd thing. And it's just, it's how they always portray it in the media and everything. Like the bully's always like, oh, I'm going to sit on you and rip ass. Ha ha ha, stupid nerd. Yeah. No, absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. Would you, <laughs> would you say there's uh, other fetishes <laughs> that, uh, that need to or you'd like to go with the uh, fart fetish for you to enjoy it? <sighs> Ooh. I want to say no. But like, burping is pretty good. Just be—I want to say sw a sweat musk, but if I say that, I have to pretty much say like after a person comes back from the gym, and they have that like, "Ooh, I smell like myself" because I just went and worked out. For me, that's like, whoo. That gets me pretty good on that one. Because if I say, like, just sweating in general, like, that could just be, like, trying to think of a way I want to say that part. Because, like, it could be, like, a body odor. Like, ugh. Like, you smell like you haven't showered in, like, five weeks or so. Yeah. Like, onion piss or something like that. Mm. Oh, yeah. But, like, if you... I do enjoy a man musk if they're from the gym. Uh, burping does it real good for me. Um, I can handle, obviously, the, f the farting thing. Um, big butts. Nice. Do you, when you say burping, do you see those, like, as together? Like, someone sitting on your face or or vice versa, and burping is just a added, like, grossness factor? Or, or is it just, uh, those two are separate? I consider them the same. It's still a body function that your body has to produce. Okay. Um, did you find yourself growing up with any like media that had farts or, or perhaps other fetishes in it in, in a small way or a, or a larger focus of it? Surprisingly, growing up in the 2000s, there wasn't really as much like fetishized uh, content. I mean, obviously, like the infamous like Scooby-Doo, the first movie was pretty like I wouldn't say I rewatched it like over and over, but like. As a kid, you know, you're like, ah, ha, ha, that's funny. But I want to say pretty much I was pretty squeaky clean. Like, it, never really noticing it until obviously when I was 14 and by myself as a teenager. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I can't really think of movies or TV shows or books in that matter that I would read or 
watch that would like really have been like, oh, you that's pretty cool. And I like that. It does seem like I mean, I'm completely speculating, but it does seem like that there was a gap in that type of humor um, and and usage between that. There might have been like movies that did it um or or like implied it but i don't think uh it was as prominent as like you know rocco's modern life in the 90s was using the fart sound effect constantly uh I yeah think, I, I think like once an episode i, I if i'm not mistaken um mm-hmm. and then you know now you have uh um guests like Jules coming on and talking about like shows like 16 and other canadian shows which seem to also uh, almost feature the fetish itself, not just the farting, but actually um, talking about Foot the fetish, fetish in some way. Yeah. Which, like, in one way, I feel like sh- there, should there be fetishes in, like, cartoons that are aimed strictly for children? I definitely do not believe there should be because then when you kids sees that, they're going to be like, oh, that must just be the normal if everyone's doing it. Versus, yeah. like, going towards like mm, maybe not <laughs> I, I find it's a double-edged sword um because maybe that's the wrong t- term maybe it's a double padded sword anyways the point is like i uh, i do like agree with the impressionable mind idea at the same time like imagine you are a kid right now with a fart fetish and then you see a character you know, having infrared goggles and watching his friends fart, his male friends fart on, you know, 16, for instance, which I saw a clip. I didn't watch the episode, so I have no idea what the fuck's going on, but I did see that clip. Um, I think that'd be really important to a kid. You know, I think that'd be really like, like, yeah, you may encourage some to get into it. And I don't know if that's a bad thing either, but I think, representation in in you know in in i mean even if it's in one episode can be really meaningful to someone who um like when when farts were in angry beavers or rocco's modern life i don't think anyone was thinking about a fetish aspect it was a joke it was a fart joke essentially um Mm -hmm. when they did it in 16 it's clear they're trying to talk about the fart fetish in some way or, or at least expose it um also, yeah, I mean, I agree. Sorry, go ahead. They had a Total Drama Island was also a very infamous one that did the whole farting thing. Like, I, I wouldn't say they did it as like the fetish. I think they just did it for laughs. But like having on TV cartoon uh, boys and girls just ripping ass that it was it, it does something. I, I, I get what you're saying, too. Like, I could definitely see it as a double edged sword. I like that analogy just because like. When I was growing up and I found out that I liked farts, I kind of felt alone in that aspect. So I guess if it's in and, you know, kids are like, oh, it's good to know that I'm not alone. If my favorite cartoon character or my favorite character from this movie is also enjoying it, I guess maybe they makes them feel a little bit more accepted. For sure. In their mal- malleable minds. 
Well, I think some some were even like I'm, I'm now remembering like Ren and Stimpy and how many times that um, that on it. I, I believe she's unattractive, like the woman in the green dress, like fell on Ren's head and specifically with her ass. Like you have a lot of crushing <laughs> in cartoons, especially Looney Tunes days. Oh, yeah. But yeah, specific, uh, specifically Ren and Stimpy did like ass to face crushing, you know, mm. so you could argue that was a little more fetishy. Uh, than it, you know, needed to be or or had to be for the time. Like there was crushing before that wasn't as sexual. And again, like there's no sexuality. She's not nude or anything. But again, I yeah. think if you had those inklings for ass, even at that young age, you would, you might sexualize it. You might think about it, you know, when you're, you know, in your room alone or whatever. Um, I, again, it, it is it is a not an easy question to ask whether you know is is chicken and the egg situation is this causing kids to have exactly. fetishes or do fed kids already have fetishes and this is just um representation and i'm sure it's some in some ways both because as you say kids are impressionable oh yeah they have very malleable brains indeed for 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 i'm i'm finishing up my uh Question specifically for Jeremy, and I'm, I'm excited to talk more uh, to you both about the work you do. But uh, for Jeremy, do you enjoy having this fetish? Like, what do you feel about it more broadly? And, and if you do, what makes you enjoy having it? This one goes up in the air for me. Hmm. Which is, it is really strange, I will say. But in one way, I am glad that I do have this fetish. Because it, I've met a lot of great friends in this community. I've met my boyfriend. <laughs> um, it never thought I would get popular on any social media just because I'm ripping ass on camera. Just going to throw that out there right now. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> but here we are with my Twitter over 5,000. My other one is basically next to nothing but in another way i kind of wish i didn't because then like i can't watch like vanilla type of porn because i think my mind is like so conditioned to the idea that oh there's no ripping ass in it so i don't like it and before i met Jaden, i was Definitely trying to rewire my brain to be able to accept both in some way, shape, or form, and it just would not work. So, I mean, in one way where other gays can enjoy the idea of another man rubbing up against them or the idea of a penis in the ass, I, I simply sort of kind of can't get into the whole thing without something of gas related, which. Is bad for me, in my opinion, but in another way, like I said, it's good because I've made like a lot of friends in this community that I never would have met, never would have seen, never would have heard of if I hadn't. I mean, I mean, it wouldn't be even this podcast. It, like, I'm excited. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Can I push you a little on why you think it's uh, bad? Just because. I can't. I have turned so much into an ass man where like I can't just look at a dude's features without seeing their ass first. <clears throat> um, 
sorry, I got the hiccups, but <laughs> yeah, I, I've tried. I mean, like, obviously my body, I, my mind's gotten a lot better to the idea that I can actually view another person and be like, oh, okay, you're really attractive. Like I could see your eyes, your smile and all that. But before, like when I first had this fetish, like I was walking around my high school, just like checking every dude's ass out first. And I was just like, I feel like I'm a creep. Because, like, I'm not over here looking at their personality. I'm not looking at their, what makes them them. I'm just looking at them because they have an ass. They're, they could fart at any time. And they want that. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I just always feel like a creep when I'm, like, when I, ha- when I had this fetish. When I have this fetish. It's not bad. Now I've gotten to a point where I accept it. Like, it's ingrained in my code at this point. <laughs> but before, that that's how I felt when I was a lot younger. For sure. And I, you know, I understand your your feelings on it, too. But I think I think that's also pretty common uh, across uh, orientations, across people in general, that, you know, that's kind of the world we live in. That's kind of how it starts, you know, when when you talk when you go walk up to someone at a bar or something for instance what what what's your like what what is your meaning what is your reason for going over there something attractive right you you saw some a fe- a feature you like maybe hair dress a, a body you know yes. so i think i think it's very common that it is going to be the first feature uh, that we notice, you know, and especially, you know, being, being an ass person. Um, I think the fact that it is the ass that we notice first, I think it's unfortunate that it's at the backside of our body. So you can't see the exactly. face and, and ass at the same time, lest they do some kind of exorcist thing. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I hear what you're saying, but I, I think I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry too much about that. Like you, as long as you keep your, you know, uh, your, you know, your good head on you and, and just like, you know, recognize that people are still people, you know, that's it. Yeah. It really just didn't help me, especially because in high school, I I wouldn't say I was socially awkward, but I was very much like, I was everybody's friend, but like at the same time, it was also kind of like not the one everyone added, went to parties with. And I was kind of just like that kid that was basically like a wallflower. I was, I was there, but I wasn't. Like I was known. Yeah, I get that. I definitely get that. I, I, I feel that with you. Um, my, my last question for you specifically, and, and of course I want you to talk throughout the, the rest of the interview as well, but as, as I uh, have been told, as I understand you have a bit of, of history in the fire fetish community, can you, can you talk, talk a bit about that and, and how, it's, uh, how it's changed over time? So originally, like I said at the beginning, we all started, not all of us, I didn't, um, good portion of us started on YouTube and I remember when I finally got into it, a good portion of them were actually on kick the infamous kick. I know, (laughs) but that's where I met a lot of, uh, my good friends that I've made today. Uh, like Dill, Dill Jim. Nice. Um, Actually, a good farter that I didn't know of until very recently, uh, Ian or Soul Farter, as he went by. 
just trying to name a few of them off the top of my head, but we were all like real close friends in uh, Kick. And then obviously Kick decided that they were going to be little a-holes. So everybody moved to Telegram, and then some of us moved to Twitter, which by 2018 is when I moved to Twitter. Now, if you look at my page now, it's probably going to say 2019 or 2020. It's because my hometown that I lived in had found out about my Twitter. And let's just say, working at McDonald's at the time, in a small town, not a fun time. You got a lot of looks. But anyway, aside from that, uh, we, I've, the Twitter art community, especially for the male, the male fart Twitter, the word I say, gay fart Twitter, we'll say that. Sure. Um, we, we're all really tight knit. It's hard to believe, but back in the time, there was only a small handful of us. Now there's like a new farter joining the scene like every two weeks or so, I want to almost say. That's ex- over-exaggerating. But the, the community anymore, we're still a little tight-knit. Like, we have our cliques that we go to, but a good portion of us, it almost seems, are only there to start drama. And back in the day, that wasn't really common as it is today, I guess I could say. But here we are. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure, obviously, in, in the straight side of the fart community, I'm sure there's a ton of, you know, drama being spread back forth center. But uh, with a small amount of farters that we have in the gay fart community, you'd almost think that we would try to be there for each other, not drive wedges between friends or boyfriends or anyone for that matter you know like Mm. it's that 15 seconds of pleasure that we try to give but not everybody always sees it that way there has been a lot of controversy with you know our come up and other people's come up over the time and i think it's just the time we live in now it's just you know it's hard to have mixed company with mixed feelings without arguments especially as we get bigger yeah I mean, that makes sense. I mean, as communities get bigger, they, they will um, inevitably have, I don't even want to say bad people. What I want to say is um, w- w- some people prioritize mental health far more than others. And that's good. We all should. Yes. Um, the, the problem with, as we expand our audiences and, and groups, I find, is when you come across more people who are not working on their mental health. Generally what tends to happen is, um, they start, uh, these people tend to start blaming other people for problems they see in themselves and are not working on in themselves or other self-righteous opinions that they have, um, that they feel like they need to be a hero or fix the world because they're essentially not doing the work in their own life. Um, exactly. So I, I think that's unfortunately inevitable as, as groups grow, because, you know, when you're a tight knit group, you're probably found more people who are like, Hey, I know who I I'm self-aware. I, I, you know, I know who I am. You know, this is, this is my faults. This is my weaknesses. I've accepted me. I hope you'll accept me too. As uh, the more people you meet, 
the less, you know, well, maybe the more people that come into the community, not necessarily meet, but um, the more people that come into a community, uh, you start to, you know, all these people aren't self-aware. All these people aren't like um, healthy, you know, people. And they're on the internet, which is a very unhealthy place anyways. And they're getting fed further unhealthy things because that's what algorithms do. They try to get us to um, react. So uh, anyways, I, I, I get that. It makes a lot of sense. I wish I could say the uh, straight community, and maybe I'm just out of it, but I wish I could say the straight community had such a even aura of something like going on in that sense or, or like awareness. Um, I feel yeah. like it seems like most of the straight community uh, that I've found is at least on Twitter is around like artists, people will follow a specific, uh, fetish artist. Um, and that seems to be the only kind of quote unquote communities I see within the straight side. Um, I don't see like, well, like I've, I've been in, in telegram groups, for instance, like, I don't think there's any of that, uh, taken seriously on the straight side. Um, there is, a gassy erotica but even there I, I, I understand gassy erotica and other forms as basically just a place to share content i do not consider them and unless it's changed wildly in the coming years i do not consider them a place to have serious like fetish discussion serious human discussion that's another thing about the communities that i've come to notice is especially with a lot of fans like i i love talking to my fans like they're glorious people, but the, I, there is only so much that you can have a conversation on farts before it just seems like it's all recycled. Like, it's like Animal Crossing, for instance. You know, the newer Animal Crossing, the whole, they have five top phrases that they like to say to you every day. Absolutely. <laughs> the NPC fans. The NPC fans. The NPC fans, as we call yeah. them. Because they have... Mm -hmm. They don't even, like, open a conversation with, like, Hi, how are Hi, you gassy? Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. the whole Peter Griffin meme, the whole, I just sat down. <laughs> <laughs> or, like, or, like, that one meme, like, what happened to hi? Hello. How are you? There, there <laughs> is... I get it. You're you're horny. You want you want to relieve yourself. I get that. People get too but comfortable. Have a they conversation to, with me. They go straight to the point. They're like, I want to see you fart. Or they'll say, or they'll say, send me fart videos with an exclamation point. And I'm like, especially in like the Telegram, because the fart community does, or the gay fart community also has a Telegram group chat. We have like quite a few. I've also just come to realize today that there are two group chats that are, we have. Both with the same name. One just has a profile picture, the other doesn't. But anyway, there was someone in there that was just like, who wants to DM that just wants to talk about farts? And I'm like, sir, how can you just have a conversation about ripping ass? And he's like, let me show you. And he's like, oh, look at exactly. No. <laughs> let me write a whole novel as to why you, how you can do this. Yeah. <laughs> well that was that was just comical i'm sorry <laughs> together <laughs> together you two make uh you two make uh content would you would you uh talk about that if you would um i haven't heard uh, let's start with Jaden since i haven't heard from you in a in a while yeah. at least for 
uh, a long segment. Content with each other, um, I guess, like, it's very fun. And, unfortunately, we don't do it as often as we want to because we're really not physically together right now at the moment. Um, but it is fun, and it's fun to see the views we get. And I guess the compliments and stuff, um, like, our first for video I think we made was, like, months ago, like, back in October of 22. It was the first time we met in October. Yep, it was the first time we met. And um, that got a lot of views. I'm not sure the amount it has now because it was deleted and I had to repost it. But I think at the time it had, like, like... It got almost close to 100,000 within, like, the first, like, week or so. And that wasn't crazy to anybody else. But I was like, holy shit. Like, you know, that's, like, Stomp Crush or some big farter, like, farting wolf type numbers. You know what I mean? <laughs> if even that. So I was like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> this is crazy. And I uploaded it to OnlyFans. And I think I got, like, 30 fans within, like, one, two weeks or something like that. And I was like, holy shit, too. Like... And then I was like, we could do really well on this platform. But it was also just like, we made the content, we enjoyed it, it was great. And I think other people could sense that too when they saw it. Which, honestly, maybe was like, okay, I like this, you know? Nice, nice. Have you, um, ha you two aren't uh, physically together, but have you considered, uh, I don't know how produced your content is, but have you considered making a uh, video like over a virtual, like Zoom call or something? Or like mock Zoom call? Mm, I mean... I think we have Never. thought about that, but like, I don't know. I'm willing to try it. It's just like, I feel like, you know. You could be like boss and interviewer. You could be, I don't know, some some kind of situation that might make it awkward. I'm not right. going to lie. When our first time we ever FaceTimed, uh, we were really like projecting our farts to each other, like over FaceTime call. Yeah, we were really into it. <laughs> yeah like that was what like maybe a good hour or two of our like phone calls would be <laughs> mm -hmm. and you know obviously it's died down because we're an actual couple and we talk about stuff but i think like you know especially in when you're in a relationship in this community i'm sure others that are in relationships can relate to this too but when you first meet them you obviously see them as like a farter that's on your phone and then you see them as like an actual human being that like, you talk to every day so when you see them less like this farter but it also becomes like a weird thing where it's like you see them on the internet they're posting and you love their content but also you talk to them every day you know what i mean yeah i guess i guess kind of like how like you know kids of like music artists say like oh i see my mom out there performing but she's my mother and i still see her as my mother but it's weird to see her up there doing that it's kind of like that thing you know what i mean for sure so for sure well i was yeah. gonna i was gonna say it sounded similar to almost like online dating too you're like you're swiping on all these profiles but until there's someone responds or whatever it's all part of the same pool of just people as it were and then when you know they start becoming more important to you they you know become a person or or their name or what have you um, exactly. I was going to ask in that say in a similar vein, I guess, um, does creating content uh, together create a strain on your relationship? And do you typically uh, like the same type of content or do you butt heads when you're trying to think of ideas to pursue? So since from my recollection, I don't know, I passed out before he did. <laughs> I don't know of anything, but I know we only made two, one video, but I think he broke it up into two parts. Yeah. And I want to say I was, I mean, I'm pretty agreeable on anything. Like, if you tell me to do this, I'll be like, I mean, okay. Like, Jade was like, hey, so he wants to do a 
call with us to do an interview. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I'm pretty agreeable yeah. on most things. Like if you tell me to do something, I'll just, I'll do it. Like whatever. It's fine. Like I don't, I don't really care. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in my opinion, I don't really have an issue with whatever you want to do. He wants to do. I want to do. Mm-hmm. I don't really have an issue either. I think we're both pretty flexible. We also like a lot of the same content. Like we also talk about like, Hey, did you see this part or posted this? Or did you say this? So, and so did this. And we both enjoy pretty much the same type of content on Twitter and stuff like that. And we share and talk about what we both like and we're very open and communicative about that type of things we don't and don't like. And yes, I would say, I would say it strains our relationship. I think if anything, it makes it better because sexual intimacy that's intimate and vulnerable like that is very good for your relationship because a lot of people do that either secretly, which is very dangerous, or they just simply don't talk about it. And I think when we are being that communicative of what we like, it's very healthy and we can learn each other through that sense as well. Learn more about each other, what we do like and what turns us on and stuff like that, you know? So between the two of us, it's it's actually made us stronger, I would say. Which is why he had access to my Twitter and I had access to his. Mm-hmm. Just a sign of trust. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I remember. I remember. Uh, I remember J- J- uh, Jaden talking about that last time he was on. Which, in yeah. my opinion, may have been the worst thing I ever did. Solely because, let me tell you, when we first started dating, and after I solely gave him control of like being able to go on my Twitter and everything, I kid you fucking not. Every person that I would that would even say hi to me in my DMs. Jaden thought I was either A, going to flirt with them, or B, I was doing something with them. And I was like, you have to stay off of my Twitter, or you are going to drive me nuts, and we're going to be done. <laughs> so he's he's grown to finally accept the fact that that's what Twitter's going to have. But my God, for the longest time, I wanted to strangle him. It was like the first month, you know, which is something we'll also talk about later. But yeah, um, because, you know, doing that is a trust thing. And I'm, you know, and I'm glad we also did that, even though it kind of was a little bit toxic. But then again, you know, it kind of like learned to trust over time type of thing. Um, but this is also something that a lot of people talk to us about, too, about like, oh, you guys are monogamous, and we're like, yeah, and it's like, okay, how do you find, like, the line between what is cheating and what isn't, and the, the, you know, I'm not a psychologist or relationship expert, but from what I know, you just, it's just up to you and your partner. What you guys set your boundaries and what you do, it's up to all of you, you know? We don't need all these labels either, you know what I mean? Like, monogamous, polyamorous, whatever. Yeah. You know? As long as you are as transparent as a a pane of glass, this, a relationship will work. It does mm-hmm. not matter. And also communication and trust. Who says what, who sees what, who does what. As long as you tell your said partner, hey, this is what's happening in my life. This is what's happening on my social medias. This is what's happening here, there, everywhere. You will be fine. Your entire relationship will be Mwah! chef's kiss. Absolutely. <laughs> And yes, that is something I struggled with for a while because it was mm-hmm. the first time I was dating someone in the community. And I don't want to say I was insecure, but like I was just, I just grew up with the mindset that like every, every single thing has to be like done this way. And I didn't know how to handle it. Um, and I'm glad I did shut my mouth and keep myself very, 
you know, obviously I express my feelings, but you know, I'm glad I did hold my tongue all the time because the relationship did grow and boom into what it is today, which is something very beautiful and healthy. And I'm so thankful for that. It's the most healthy relationship I've been in and most trusting I've been in. But yeah, it's just all about like, if you're going to be in a relationship and you're going to do something like this, just have trust and open communication and express your true feelings. And someone that loves you will understand that and work with you through that. <laughs> so yeah. That sounds awesome. I love that. And I love, I love, I love, you made so many great points. You both made so many great points, but I want to uh, specifically talk about, you said no labels or labels don't really um, matter or shouldn't matter so much. And I really, I, I, I find myself too, like labels are for dating profiles. Like that's the only place where they're important because people, because our, whatever, our consumption nature of like, again, dating profiles is, is snap judgments and whatever. So the only place where saying I'm demisexual, you know, solo poly and blah, blah, blah is, is really is for like that is for, is for dating profiles, uh, because of our, our like swipe culture really. Um, but I agree with you. I mean, that's, that's amazing. You know, I, Love the way you two uh, talk about your relationship as well. Um, and you you touched on it a little bit. How, how do you find being a, a couple in the fart fetish community in, in a more general sense? Are, what are the issues? What are the advantages? It's a little... Mm. At the beginning, it was a little rough. Yeah. Solely because it was like... This was more on my side. I, I think Jaden might have gotten a little bit of it too. But it was every time... So... How I am on Twitter, per se, is I play flirt. Like, if you're my friend, I'm going to be like, babe, you did a great job on that video, or I love the video and all that, and I'll put hearts and everything. Like, obviously, it's just words in a post. But so many people took that to heart. That yeah. I was literally writing, I'm going to come to your house and fuck you. And I was mm. on my way as we speak. That every time I would make a comment on anyone's posts, I would get DMs saying, aren't you with Jaden? This is considered cheating. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, I got this. They were so much into our relationship. And then trying to say... Well, when my when I was in a relationship with so and so, it didn't work out that way because they did the same thing that you're doing, and da 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 da, and it's not going to work out. First off, I'm not you. Second off, you don't know how I live in a relationship, so why don't you back to fuck up? And it was a little bit of a bumpy ride until the followers and all of them they started to understand like it's called play flirt. You can do mm -hmm. that. It's not cheating. But I'll let, we went through a I'll lot of you. growing pains. We also went through a lot of people trying to come between us. Yep. Which, which is going to happen to the whole thing of us giving each other our Twitters because then it's like, okay, well, I see what this person said to me, but let me go on your side of the story and see what they really said mm -hmm. or vice versa. Um, cause like, yeah, I would message people in DMS and they would take that flip my words, like as much as they could, and then take it over to Jaden and write in the DMS, like, 
oh, your boyfriend's doing this, 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 and this while he was talking to me. Yeah, people love to start drama. And people just, I think people are jealous, but like, yeah, people just have issues and stuff like that. And that's unfortunately going to happen if you're an influencer in any space. Even if it's not a fetish, people are going to try to break you apart or get between people or whatever. But Mm -hmm. we dealt with it firsthand and it was very not fun trying to, you know, obviously most of the time, pretty much actually every single time, none of us said anything wrong and it was completely taken out of context. People were just being asked. But yeah, that's that's just, it happens. So it also happens with friends too. A lot of friends are, you know, that just meet up. Really start to learn who friends are when you are in a community with a lot of influence. You do. You're in a relationship. Mm -hmm. For sure. For sure. And it goes back to, I think, what I said about uh, people working on their mental health as well. And this is a similar issue in that same vein is a lot of people see themselves as like heroes in waiting like they're gonna like they're gonna solve the sex trafficking uh crime ring that's eluded police because you know they're on twitter and they're following the whatever like people think they're self-righteous in like oh let me like this person is cheating let me get them let me let me um let me um, stick it to them, essentially, because I then I'll be a good person and and they'll be a bad person. And society will know that now it's it, people have this. I think this idea like I need to get involved because something is wrong. Something is something is unjust and I must write this like again. It goes back to the 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 idea I have like people are, are just waiting you know, laying in wait, because they're not working again. They're not working on their own life. They're lying in wait to be someone else's hero that probably doesn't need saving in the first place, like nine times out of 10, you know? Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. And I just feel like, you know, as we grow in the community, especially, people are going to start to have that stuff because people, there is a lot more couples that have popped up since me and Jeremy have got together whether that's publicly or just simply in the community together, like, hey, let's date. Um, they've been experiencing the same things too. Um, but like, we also like, encourage a lot of people to get together and you know, have inspired to make content as a couple and be a couple in the community. And I think we had a little bit of influence for that because we were together. We were very sexually positive in that sense. And you know, people were like, oh, if they can be a couple in this community, we can too, type of thing. you know. It got to a point where I started asking other couples in like the far community. I was like, hey, so like, are you experiencing what people are doing here? And of course, a lot of them were like, no, why? I'm like, <laughs> let me fill you in. So that's always a fun one. Actually, depends. I don't know. <laughs> we got hit the hardest. I don't know. But yeah. But, you know, I guess when it comes everyone to has- disadvantages, that's just, everyone likes to open their mouth about stuff you know because a lot of people had opinions about us and also about porn too which i just think when it comes to like sex and like being in a couple i think if you're like you know watching or producing porn if it's together with your partner and you're doing it to enhance your relationship like me and jeremy did then it's fine as long as you're not neglecting your partner for 15 seconds of pleasure of someone on the internet then it's fine you know what i mean if you're not like and if they all know about it if they know about it and stuff like that you know but when it comes to advantages, like I said, I, we just, I guess, inspired more people, to more couples to come out. 
and be more open with each other. Advantages, not advantages. Advantages. Sorry. Grammar. <laughs> and there's been a lot over here. <laughs> and there has been a lot of people that have supported our relationship and stuck up for us, which I'm very thankful for. You know, just has been a small group of people that did it. Even though the community does have a lot of drama, there's a lot of people that will like come like pick up for you. And it's people that I've that I've stuck up for. So yeah, I'm very thankful for that. That's really that's really glad. Uh, that's really awesome. That actually makes it a much more positive note to tie into the next question. Do you have any advice for someone who might want to um, connect with their partner within the community? Make sure if you're really looking at him, her, make sure that you're not just doing it to solely get your 15 minutes, 15 seconds of pleasure, and then just dip, because you could be de- they could be developing feelings for you. They could you could be fit developing feelings for them. And obviously, if you're just there for the pleasure points, you're gonna hurt someone in the long run. So first, I definitely say make sure that you feel like you're close with that person. Um, second, I would definitely say be prepared, especially if you're you got a big following or big influence. People are going to talk. They're always going to talk bad about one of you each other, to the other. Make sure you have a thick skin. Because mm-hmm. when they throw them bullets, sure they are flowing. Hold on. Siri, shut up. <laughs> Thank you. But yeah, no. <laughs> ma- make sure that you... The, the, the footnotes here. Just make sure... You're not there for that 15 seconds. Come and go. You like that person. They like you. And, you know, if if they're close, maybe see if they would be down to meet up. Don't be a creep in the DMs. Don't be a creep in the text messages. Talk to them like a an actual human being. Mm-hmm. Yeah, seeing the person is important. Yes. Do you have anything to add, Jane? Yeah, just pretty much what he said. Just have thick skin. Uh, communicate, just, you know, look out for each other. In a, in a relationship in a public, any type of internet public space is going to have a lot of growing pains, especially if you never experienced that. Even in, like, you know, Hollywood, it happens a lot, especially, you know, and you worry about that stuff, so you really do have to start to think about, like, what your boundaries are and stuff like that. And there's times you, where, especially at the beginning, if you don't know the person that well, you might worry about it, but my advice to you is, like, if they really love you, they're going to fight for you and they're going to do everything in their power to make sure that the relationship will last. So you do you and they'll return the favor if they really care. Yeah. That's just a great... that well, as simple as that. Yeah, that's great. That's a great point. Be, getting back to the content you guys do being content creators, you're likely no stranger to um, content thievery or, or paid content sharing as it were. How does that, uh, how does that affect you? Okay. So I feel like this is more towards Jaden. He definitely <laughs> uses the whole, this vid or not this vid, uh, only fans. Only fans. Um, yeah. So for me, ever since my kick days, cause that's when I really started making videos was back in, on kick. At the age I would have done it, I would say probably not a good idea. I was like maybe six, seventeen-ish, almost eighteen. Um, 
I I have found my share, fair share of videos that were just taken from me and put on this vid. And in my, I mean, is it bad? Yes, it is horrible. Like, you have an ass. You can rip farts whenever you please. You do not have to steal someone else's. Like, like that's the one thing that actually kind of does irk me in the community, especially the gay community. Hmm. Is if someone likes your farts, they will literally just take it, put it on a different website, and be like, I did that. And in case, unless you have a good fan base, they're going to be like, that's not you. Or they're going to be totally oblivious and be like, oh, nice job, man. A lot of my content is free. F-R-E-E. That spells free. Better reports. <laughs> Online, baby. But... It's also free on OnlyFans, too, actually. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't going to announce that, but yeah. Um, but anyway, <laughs> like I said, a lot of my content is 100% free. So basically, if you really want to take it, sucks for me because, I mean, you're t you took it. It's in your possession. You're putting it everywhere. But at the same time, it's also people. I have 5,000 people that follow me sooner or later if you take that video and put it on say this vid or when they had an x tube in that someone's gonna know whose ass that is like i made it pretty distinguishable In interesting before i wanted i want to hear from Jaden, but before i i uh get to you Jaden, i want to ask uh jeremy is it um for you then is it more the misrepresentation the identity theft as it were than the actual sharing of the video so like somebody said like this is um this is master ass ripper on uh on twitter um and posted that on this vid would that be as irksome to you yeah because the people are gonna flock to that and be like oh my god i love your videos you're so amazing why don't you talk to me on this vid or why don't you talk to me here why don't you talk to me there it's and I'm over here like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And then they'll send me screenshots. And I'm like, that's like. People are dumb. It's true. I mean, I don't, mean, are, I don't mean that in that, but people aren't looking not in at a the bad source. Way, but people aren't looking at yeah. the source. Like if they see you, they're like, hey, why aren't you commenting? Why aren't you doing, I get the, mis it, it, how like yeah. misrepresentation is almost baked into the a sharing regardless of what's in the quote unquote description. I get you. Exactly. And, and like, there was something I was going to say, but it totally just blew my mind for a second. And I got to think about it. So I'm going to let Jaden talk and I might remember it. Yeah, please. Jaden, uh, talk to me about the, uh, the, uh, motivation. The, how does, how does the content thievery or the, the share, the paid content sharing uh, affect you or if it's paid, I'm not sure. Well, anyone that's stealing content, when it comes to like free content, if you're a popular farter, they will find out. A lot of people, what they'll do is people will like say, hey, let's share for videos. They say, all right, let's do it. And a lot of big farters will trade videos. Then they'll run off with the videos they have and post them somewhere else or pretend to be someone else, which is really dangerous. But then again, if you have like a recognizable ass, like there's a lot of farters that make a video a certain way or wear certain clothing or their ass looks a certain way, we can all tell if it's them. You know, we're all kind of different visually in that sense. You know what I mean? You can kind of tell who's who. But um, 
you know, a lot of smaller farters get their content stolen a lot, which is why when I see a new farter that's in the scene that, that I really like, I'll try to give them as much exposure as possible so that doesn't happen and so people know who they are and the names out there. But when it comes to paid content, you know, unfortunately, I'm glad that no one's gotten a hold of like my OnlyFans videos and re-uploaded them. I know some people that has happened, but it's very rare now, especially if OnlyFans trying to ban like screen recording or they might have already done that or download. Um, but, you know, for some people that if they have videos that people are buying and they re-upload it for free, it can impact them making money tremendously or even just their hard work that they made, you know. So it actually does impact our far community tremendously. But if you're a new partner trying to get in the community, just know, you know, I'm not saying like, oh, just deal with the theft, you know, but like it's going to happen to you at some point. So you just kind of kind of deal with it. And when you see it happen, just report the account, take it down and move on. You know what I mean? Because, you know, a lot of people do make a big deal out of it. And it is a big deal. It definitely is. But like, it's very common now. So just if you see it happen, I, report out and then get it taken down. I do agree. Like, it, it does it suck that someone has to use my video to, like, post on their accounts? Yeah, I do find it horrible. Like, very recently, um, I'll go to portion of the Farters YouTube or videos have actually been posted. I think it's been taken down. Don't quote me on that. But they or they may have changed their name entirely. But they started putting a lot of our us farters on TikTok. Yeah. Just taking and, our videos and then they don't give the recognition that's deserved. They just say, Oh, I did. And or they'll do it from Snapchat. They'll take videos from Snapchat that you send them and like I said, I don't have a hatred if you want to save my videos or if you wanna, you know, watch them later or whatever. But don't I don't want to see them all over the internet and then you say that they're yours when obviously they're not. And we actually had a really good friend who had one of a few of his videos taken and when he confronted them, I think, he got like they like us they like verbally assaulted him. Mm-hmm. They call them names that I'm not gonna say that are really mean. But Exactly. Yeah. Like And it's just like, you know It's sad because Blatantly homophobic and racist. You know, it's not nice. Exactly. Like, you have an ass too. Why don't you point your, your camera on your cell phone at your butt and let rip recording? It's really not that hard. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's pretty fucked. That's that's pretty fucked up. And I will say, like, it's a pretty cynical view. You were talking about kind of like uh, people's asses. There's a signature like I, all of women's asses, men's asses. I think they all have a uniqueness to it, um, especially when you've been watching someone's content for a while. Um, it's a pretty cynical view of uh, people that you you think you can represent yourself as someone else's as butt. Like, of course, it's not someone else's face. So there is a certain, you know, it's not a fingerprint. It's not super the most unique thing. But everyone does have a unique um, body structure, physicality, everything. Um, it, it's, it's an interesting thought that someone thinks they can get away with such a such a blatant um misrepresentation that doesn't even really like make sense on its face exactly mm -hmm. like i know me and jins i, I don't want to say it was the full version i want to say maybe it was like the 
30 second clip you may have posted on Twitter. I know for a fact someone reposted on this vid. Yeah. I think I told you. Mm-hmm. And it was like Twink gets his face farted on and shit like that, which. <laughs> kind of you to call me that, but like, how dare you steal <laughs> it? Yeah. Which, you know, there's a lot of sites that if you do upload non safe for work, free or not, that they do have restrictions. Like, I know OnlyFans now automatically watermarks your videos when you put, upload them. It's a thing that's automatically there. And they, I think they're trying to ban screen recording. Like, if you try to, like on Netflix, if you try to screenshot or screen record, it's just going to turn black and it's not going to let you. Yeah. So they're doing everything they can to stop pirating from that. But if you're just someone that sells videos through DMs via Cash App or something like that, then yeah, there's always that risk of someone taking it and reselling it or posting it. For sure. For sure. When, uh, uh, when we were talking via email, uh, you'd mentioned, uh, catfishing as a serious issue in the community. Is this part of that or is that something separate from, um, this type of mess, uh, represent misrepresentation? I mean, honestly, in my opinion, I would consider it the same because I mean, you're just yeah. using videos to claim them as yourself. For sure. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of some people. Some people like say they're farters and they don't make any content and just talk a big game. People like that and whatever. And some people that will take over people's videos or pretend to be someone else. But if you are going to pretend to be someone else, at least make it your own farts. But don't pretend to be someone else, bro. Like, just be yourself. Or if you, you know, you don't have to say your real name or anything, but just don't, you know, use anyone else's pictures or anything. I think a lot of the community can tell now because, like, when you talk to someone, they're like, oh, could I see a selfie of you? Or could I hear a video of you talking? Or could I see maybe, like, your face with you farting in the DMs? You know? And when you refuse to do that, word is going to get out that, hey, I think this person's a catfish and they will be eventually, like, called out. So. That's the one good thing about our community. We're able to fish out them catfish. Well, to an extent, we're able to fish out them catfishes. Yeah. It's kind of like a security type thing. Like, we're not gatekeepers in the community, but, like, we're very much, you know, patrolling and seeing who people that are coming in are who they say they are or in their real. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah vetting makes sense it makes it makes a lot of sense so so it it seems to follow and really that seems like the only thing that you can do uh to combat against catfishing is is call people out i i trying to do you, do you either one of you have, can think of a, another solution or better solution or that could make the community a better place mm-hmm. solve it solve it right now <laughs> let, let me get my supercomputer over here real all right fast and perfect let me add up the numbers <laughs> calculations but no i just think that going back to the whole drama situation if everyone like getting not just our relationship but like other stuff like you know as we grow you know because i i've only been active in the community for so long but i've watched it from afar and i've watched it grow for a very long time since i was young in the around 2014 and 13 when I just watched videos and didn't make any content. But I have seen the community grew into what it is today. And there is a lot of people now, especially on the gay side, there's a lot of people and there's new ones every day coming in, which, you know, is fine. But then, you know, mixed company equals mixed conversations and that can lead to arguments. I just think we need to, we can talk freely. If you have a conversation with someone, do it privately, not on the internet, not in comment sections, not in videos, do it privately, like an adult. 
you know, do it the responsible way. And if something doesn't need to be said, just don't say it. You know what I mean? Some things don't need to be said. Yeah. Yeah. But many people would be good to learn that lesson, but uh, I don't know if it will happen, but yes, I agree. I think um, we also need to call out the straight alpha men. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> That's also. Try to, and so in my opinion, like the idea that straight men are trying to cat or goat gay men into buying videos strictly from them is the most asinine thing I think I have ever witnessed slash even heard of mm-hmm. solely because like, and I get it. They want to make a profit. Like at the end of the day, everybody's here for money. Yeah. But if you're going to request money from someone and they have like a certain fetish that you're exploiting, maybe make a video that doesn't just include a puff of air coming out of your ass and you just going, oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, that sounds like it sucks. Mm-hmm. It, it very much yeah. does. Yeah, and some I have people- seen, they want 40, 50, 60 dollars for a three second clip of them puffing air out of their ass and then this over exaggerated fuck yeah mm-hmm. I think is the most ridiculous thing ever mm-hmm. it's I also for femboys strict femboys rip bubblier nastier Arts than a quote unquote alpha straight male. And on that note, I will let Jaden talk. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I 100% agree. 100% agree. Some people get into arguments about that too, because some people are like, oh, we should allow straight alphas in the community. They kind of normalize it. And then there's people that are like, well, they're exploiting people, you know? And then it's like, what's the difference between making money on this versus OnlyFans? And you know, there's a lot to unpack there, but just like, I think a lot, me and a few other like people that I talk to, a few other fighters have kind of taken upon ourselves to kind of like, not really like, just encourage our people not to buy straight off of content because it's not worth it. It's a waste of money and you are being degraded. You know, it's not, some people it is a fetish and I get that, whatever, but it, it is very like, there's really nothing good about Fendom. You know, they're not adding to anyone's life. They're not inspiring anyone sexually to be sexually free they're just taking money and exploiting people that they think are actually below them like some of these alphas i've talked to some of them are cool in person but a lot of them genuinely believe that gay people are stupid a lot of them genuinely believe that and it's just a very toxic environment and it's just not something to get involved in if you want real content go ask another gay farter he'll know what you want he'll know how to make it good and he'll actually fart for you but, you know, these alpha males just, like, you know, it's just a whole, like, conversation that is, has gone very controversial because, like, they want to be part of the community but for the wrong reasons. They don't actually want to socialize with anybody. They just want to get money from us and go, you know. Like, I get it. Some of them are really good. I will say that. Some of them, Some of them are, are good. Are, are good. But the rest of them, they, they're just looking for a quick buck and then they get the fuck out of dodge 
Also, a lot of them have been audited by the IRS. So it's technically, fandom's technically illegal. Like OnlyFans, you have to file your taxes and they make you fill out a tax form before you even are allowed to upload your first video or picture. On Fendom, no limits. Cash App, PayPal, a lot of those um, sites do get shut down for stuff like that. But a lot of these alphas, I talked to some alphas and some of them are generous and they do it more tastefully and they're not as de- dominating or I guess you could say nasty when it comes to stuff like this and they don't use the Epsler really. But some are really not good per people. They take money, they exploit people, and they get audited by the IRS. They don't pay taxes. They just, you know, it's just it's just not a good scene to be in. It's not good. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you make so many great points. And I think it's, I do agree there is a place for FinDom. I don't really agree with it, but um, personally, uh, but you know, let I, I, you know, let people uh, do as they want. Um, I do think, though, it's not um, unique. It's not only the gay uh, fart fetish community that has these uh, figures that one are uh, exaggerating prices or making them ridiculously high, often with te- terrible content, including farts. Um, and the other side of it is. Uh, just disrespect there are there are um content creators like who are not respectful to their audience like it's one thing to request a degradating and humiliating video and you know maybe a person's good at that um and they do a good job but in between you know in asking for that video and requesting that video, that person should be nice and and see the human being in in the person. Um, and that's that's been my experience. Like I I'm a big humiliation degradation guy. So when I'm I'm you know requesting content, that's what I'm requesting. But when I hear back from the creator, they're not like, oh yeah, you're such a whatever, or like trying to humiliate me like it's some kind of non consensual humiliation that I didn't really agree to. Like I just came here for the video. Um, I think that's something that people would be you know wise to be aware of uh that you you made it clear that um know who you're funding know what you're funding and and do you support it do you support it um on a on a on a you know real level like in this capitalist system we kind of don't have choices you need gas for your car you're gonna have to go to some oil evil oil company but in this in this field we have in this um in this area um this fetish you can absolutely make a huge difference in the community and shape it by where you spend your money. Because not only you talked about the, um, well, you talked about in terms of making content, it's, it's a demotivator when, you know, people are just stealing it. What's the point of, of continuing to give back to a community when it's, it's only take from you? And sometimes that give is monetary. I think people don't understand that. That sometimes monetary compensation, it has such a like ugly and dirty connotation. But literally it's it's being paid for your time, being paid for your effort. So people people would be do well to understand all those concepts, uh, have a little more business mind uh in their head, even if they don't run a business, because uh it's I mean, that's the we shape the world through the money we spend. It's, you may not want to think that, but it's 100% true. Yeah, it's 100% true. 
it's just people need to like if you're gonna make money in this fetish do it tastefully like people obviously are like me where they make content creators but people also make money doing art people also make money like making clothing for certain fetishes people make money doing certain toys for fetishes stuff like that you know or some people even make money just doing meetups which is fine too but like i feel like fandom just takes it all and like is the most lazy way possible you know not putting any effort and just trying to capitalize people off of that in within that regard um you know and i get people like oh it is economy is expensive especially united states but if you're looking to like get rich quick Go do like e-commerce or some shit. Go do affiliate marketing. Go do copywriting. All right. Don't just call people a faggot and then run off with their money, you know, and give them a half-ass video. You know what I mean? There's more ethical ways to be making money, even if it is get a get rich quick type of thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's totally it's it's unexcusable. So I appreciate you calling it out. I appreciate you both calling it out and uh and speaking for for what it is in especially in your community. It makes sense. Which kind of ties it ties into something you talked to me uh, about in emails as well is uh, the the uh, quote unquote I guess golden years of the uh, gay fart fetish community and we know this is something Dill has talked about as well and I do want to say he's going to be very excited that you shouted him out at the top of this episode um, y- you'll you'll hear you'll hear that in his uh, in his episode when he comes back with Jules um, can you can you, but getting back to the question can you talk to me more about what was specifically golden um, about these years? Well, for me, mostly, is just, I feel like that's when a lot of the personal farters that I want to say I grew up with, but I didn't. We'll say the videos that I grew up watching. Uh, they, they were very much more active. Like, I mentioned Soul Farter. He was a very active. Uh, Tyler Fart, bro. He's another very active one. They were always making videos just all the time. It was almost, and like there wasn't no restrictions on these videos, so they could make pump out video after video after video after video. And it was just like they had like an endless flow of content that it's it just it was it was like wow. But like I I feel like if I had to describe like a golden era. I would say the golden era for the fart community was definitely between the 2014s and 2020-ish, give or take. Mm-hmm. It's like there was a lot more original content. There wasn't a lot of people stealing. There wasn't a lot of all of that drama. There wasn't. A, there was. Men on man farting on each other, woman on man farting on each other, man farting on woman on each other, you know. They, I, I don't know. I, I've never seen videos from the straight side. But, you know, I, I feel like certain content creators that you would have grew up watching or even started watching while they were in their prime, you know, you just they, they just pumped out content left, right and center. I mean, that's just my take. Uh, Jaden, why, why, why don't you throw your, your two cents? Yeah, I, I agree. People were just like more, the videos were so good and people started out. This were farting wolf started out. A lot of the people like Soul Farter started out, you know. And, um, <clears throat> and a lot of us that were in that era watched these creators grow into what they are now, which quite literally are, you know, influencer level type farters in terms of numbers. And they've been here forever. And a lot of people look up to them. 
and admire them and love their content. Um, but also going back to what we were saying, I think there was just way less drama. And honestly, the community was smaller. Not a lot of us talked to each other as much. But it was just more about farting. And it was way more about like um, making good content at the very bare minimum. It was very wholesome and tasteful back then. And it wasn't like anything that, you know, I'm not saying, I'm not complaining about the community it is now. It's not bad. It's just different. But back then it was just more of like, you know, a humble beginning type thing. Like, oh, we have this new community and we're going to watch it grow into what it's going to be, you know. And also a lot of platforms were not as um, policing as they are now. Like YouTube and Tumblr, all this stuff, they weren't as bad as they are now in terms of demonetizing. That was before the YouTube Kids era and the the new shit they did. So, yeah. Definitely. It's, it's definitely gotten uh, more difficult to... Um, release content on more, you know, non-porn mainstream platforms, as it were, even if it's not pornographic, as it, as again, as it mm-hmm. were. Um, I think, yeah, I think I forgot to mention. I did. I wasn't around for that era. I don't exactly know when it was around, but I do know it was a thing. They had someone had made a website, like strictly for like gay fart fetishists. I think you're talking about male, male ass rippers. Uh, male ass rippers? Yeah, male ass ripper. Yeah, I sadly wasn't around for that time. I came around when it was there, but you were no longer allowed to log into it at all, and I was very salty about that. Mm. But I digress. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes. It, it was like I, it made me think of it. It was like it ended around like 2013, and it started in like 2009 or something around there, and then it ended in 2013. But yeah. why it ended, I don't know. It was very popular within the community. And that's kind I of one of the community. Say, I honestly but, want to say I think it was because whoever had it lost the, what was it, the web browser, the JavaScript for it? He couldn't pay for it. Well, the JavaScript, but I think like the web domain that they had, he didn't pay for it that's either. What was, that's what I was thinking of, the web domain. The web domain, yeah, which is unfortunate. You know, someone would have lended him maybe, I don't know how much web domains are, especially uh, back then. Yeah, I, I don't know much about websites. They're very, they're they're very. It's a, you're gonna be angry if you hear it, but web domains are ungodly cheap. That's why a lot of people squat on them. So like if you if you have a common name, if your name's John Smith, you might look up johnsmith.com right now, and it might not be an actual website. It might be some asshole just holding it because he's gonna try to exploit whichever John Smith wants it for $10,000, $20,000 when a domain like johnsmith.com should only cost nine dollars at the cheapest and that's that's nine dollars a year so domains are incredibly cheap so it's kind of uh but there may have been hosting there's hosting as well so i'm sure that was more expensive um for uh for male ass rippers um someone owns it though because it's still there um as a direct it's just a directory there's no files there's nothing in there but you can 100 percent go to the site and look at the essentially the back end as it were on which there's yeah. it's empty been there like that since I was last on it back in 2015, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's almost like an abandoned building. It's almost like an abandoned building as a website. It's still there. The lights are on no one's home, but it's not functional. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. You, t- you talked a little bit about it, but is there anything more you'd say about how the, uh, the gay fire fetish community has been declining in, in your views? I also think a lot of com- comedic farters. Now, some of them have came back. And fart humor has kind of made a weird comeback within the next last two to three years. 
but also in the 20 early 2000s like way back 2007 ish 9 ish there was a lot of youtube fart humor and a lot of guys just farting on command for comedic humor and as they started to grow in the late 2000s going into 2010s that's when this fart fetish community found them and i'm sure some of them didn't really think that they were part of the fart fetish community but there was a lot of good male comedic farters that have now we have no trace of them on the internet anymore because of people in our community overbearing or asking them to do weird stuff or just simply like oh is this fetish content type of thing so yeah and they haven't come back really since because because of that reason i just i feel like genuinely also like viewers want more content than anybody can possibly push out mm-hmm. like you could make a minute long video or something and you would still get viewers like okay that's great but i want more and then when you don't give them what they want they throw their little hissy fit and then they unfollow you they block you and i i genuinely think that's why a lot of uh, view of farters are getting discouraged because they're watching their numbers fall because they're losing fans because they're either a not posting they're not posting enough they're not posting what people want to see and it's just a supply and demand that just seems to never simply meet that demand because it's mm-hmm. borderline impossible well that's a that's a two-part issue for sure i mean for one porn i think will always be un uh unquenchable and i mean i know we're oh, not, yeah. i know we're not talking strictly porn but you know we're talking about adult uh, mature material um sometimes yes. clothes sometimes not but mostly things that get people and their rocks off so that will always be uh, unquenchable like uh demand and i often find the the problem with porn too is unlike a movie um it's not as rewatchable or not as exciting in a rewatch. Like I, I own and and have downloaded like two hundred something videos, probably more. That's probably a a safe estimate, in fact. But the number of times I find myself watching old videos is few. Like sometimes, like oh yeah, I remember that one or whatever. That you know, I, I watch a lot of um, role play and whatever stuff. So there's more themes and yeah. stuff involved in it. But uh, I think you know the brain maybe especially in porn, it just gets bored of, of this type of excitement. I think maybe it's overstimulating because, you know, now you know what the fart sounds like. You know what the ass looks like while it's farting. You know, like once you know, once you've like studied this video, which I think you kind of do <laughs> as you're masturbating, like you're kind of bored of it. Cause you're like, ah, I need a new book. I need a new book now, you know, um, or a new, yeah. a new video, which I think that's the problem with porn. Um, and then the other side of that, is our culture now is the whole like um swipe up tiktok culture uh there's not a lot of processing of of the content we watch it's just like what's the next thing you know where's the next thing i need my next i need my next fix and i think that's a good word to use because it is a little bit of an addiction um but yeah people are looking for to get this um to get their dopamine constantly and i think fart yeah. videos are going to be just part of that um unfortunately too um, thankfully, I guess once a person gets their, their pleasure, um, you know, they go do something else, but 
for that period, it's almost like, okay, this video, okay, five seconds of that, that's not doing anything for me. What about, let me, let me, you know, I, I find myself doing this. Like, you know, I'll watch a video and it's like, no, 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 let me switch to like AI chatbot or whatever, you know, to feel like what's going to be the best thing to, you know, finally get that climax, man, you know? Which the funny story with you say in the whole, like they make go do something else. There are some people and I'm also probably sure the straight community that just you seem to like always find them online. Like no, like any time of day. Oh my God. Yeah. Moment you are on, like you just happen to open Twitter or open, you know, any Telegram. Sort of, like, social media. <laughs> this person just always seems to be online and it doesn't matter. Like it can be probably two o'clock in the morning and everybody should be sleeping. And you just see this man just, still watching the video or he's still just looking for someone to chat with and it's like right. three o'clock on christmas day and the bro <laughs> could still be looking for someone to jerk off to and it's like what the fuck? like and they message you at random of- hours so i i almost worry that some of them just have like this whole thing of like my entire day must now consist of porn because either a i'm lonely or b my dick just has not gotten off yet the sad part is like is we can sit here and laugh about that but that is very true like there's a lot of people out there that do have porn addictions that you know porn does ruin their relationships porn does warp the way they look at men or women um you know the majority that use porn that's why like i don't really like you know i'm not one of those like anti-porn people that like say oh you shouldn't ever watch it i think if you're gonna watch it it should be done tastefully to like enhance what you want in a sex life and if you're in a relationship, as long as you're not like putting porn over your partner in real life, then you know it's it's not an issue. But there is people out there that do watch porn constantly and do whack their dick to the point where they can't get out of bed, and that is an issue because it is overstimulating. And excessive porn watching is le- is linked to depression. And going back to the mental health stuff, I think this is something that some of us have been talking about. But like you know, we should be looking after so many people. Like, like, bro, are you okay? Like, you know, you shouldn't be doing this this much because excessive porn watching is extremely dangerous, and it is just like getting addicted to weed or even alcohol. You know, go out and touch some grass. Go out and touch some grass, and just you know, stop getting your, stop being addicted to it. Just obviously, I can't say I can't tell someone to stop being addicted to something because it's like saying stop being an alcoholic. But just if you know you have an issue, work on it and try to like bring it down. Yeah, but if you think about it, they're also still giving us views. They are. They are. You gotta think of the positive sides. Mm-hmm. It's capitalism. <laughs> yeah. And, and, <laughs> and those people are making me money. So you know what? <laughs> well, going back to the golden years, what do you? Is there a way that some of that can come back, or 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 what? Is there anything that can be done to uh, reju- uh, bring a renaissance? To the uh, to the uh, gay fire fetish community, maybe the whole community. Oh, I mm. feel like if all of like content creators that left got scared off, or was just like, you know what, I don't, I can't deal this anymore, would just maybe come back. I feel like it might be something there. There has been some great content creators that i have seen come and go and it's all the only reason that they left was because they got too scared of what the community would do or they were obviously just getting bombast like 
long fasted by both sides to get content out that they just was like, you know what, I can't keep doing this. Like, there was a content creator. Actually, it's kind of where I got my name from. Um, King Astrover was his name. And he used to, his videos were really great. Like, they were bubbly. Like, every rip he would produce was fucking bubbly as shit. Like, you they almost were said, bro, you need to check your underwear because you might have just, like, went everywhere in those underwear. They were the most and, nasty, bubbliest, satanic-sounding, disgusting yeah. person to go ever. Yes, and, like, one day he just stopped because someone decided that they were going to just dox him. Find out where he lived, who his girlfriend was, who his family was. So he just dropped off the face of of the mm. platform because he got scared off. Like, I feel like if they everybody would just stop. Being so weird, so creepy towards content creators who are genuinely there for the community and just let them be humans, I feel like there would be a great resurgence of videos and content that everybody would be able to enjoy without burning out or weirding out the content creator. Mm-hmm. And I feel like as we move forward, especially with internet getting way more advanced, as it is so quickly, people need to start realizing that you should be just as, as respectful on the internet as you are in real life, you know, and have more of a filter too. That would help as well, you know. For sure, absolutely. So we're we're unfortunately coming to the clo- close of this, but it's it's been an incredible talk. I just have a few more questions, um, and this ties into what we were just talking about. Really, is what. What what are each of your thoughts um, on the future of this fetish, whether you know it be for yourself or the a fetish at large, and maybe include hopes, um, if not thoughts. I feel Lots like the communities. I feel like the community is definitely going to get larger because, like we said at yeah. the beginning, there's every day a new content creator coming in, coming out, going around. Uh, every every chance I get, I find a new person. I always try to make sure I retweet at least like two or three of their videos and let everybody see, like, hey. There's a new farter on the scene. Go give him some love. Go show him some. Go give him a warm welcome. So I, I do definitely feel like as the future comes, there's definitely going to be a lot more. Like there's no end of this fetish. I already know that. Like, um, as as for me, I pers- personally, like I do, I, I see myself being in this community for as long as I feel like I should be in it. Meaning, like, one day I'll be like, you know what, I, I can't keep doing this. Like, I want to finally become an adult, you know, go start looking for a better job. That's not going to be like, um, well, why is your Twitter here? Um, and, you know, have a whole thing happen where my Twitter gets found out yet again. It'd be much worse than it was. I, I, I feel like I'm I'll, like, I'll still be around, but I just won't you know, be retweeting as much, be making as many videos as I was. Just try and like take steps back out of the community at a certain point. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the same for me too, especially cause I, you know, in the music industry, I'm going to be working up in that more and it just is going to get to a point where it's not going to be safe to do so. That doesn't mean I'm not going to be on my Twitter or texting people. I just might like stop posting after a while. 
but that all depends on our circumstances and stuff. But when it comes to the future as a whole, I just think it's going to grow. Hopefully the issues get more resolved. And that also depends on the new fighters and the leadership we're going to have within the next 10 to 20 years or however long it's going to stay around. And also lots of AI. I can't, uh, I forgot to mention this too. We have introduced like character AI to so many farters and people in the community. And oh my God, people, it's like the best thing since toilet paper. And even chat GPT, like so much AI within the fart fetish and community. It's like people are loving it. It's great. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I concur there. Uh, character AI, I'm not plugging it, but um, it is very good. Um, one of the best I've, I've seen. Like, I think cushion AI can be, uh, it's a little more free in the not safe for work department um, uh-huh. that, than character AI. But I think character AI, character AI's responses are much more robust. Um, they're not bad at cushion. They're better than other places that are, are advertised as AI chatbots. But character AI is kind of something special. I hope at some point, because I subscribe to it, I hope at some point they fucking uh, just get on the board of this being a, a fucking not safe for work chatbot. Because we already have not safe for work image generators. That seems a little more Correct. crass than mm-hmm. um, text. So I, I don't know why exactly. char- character AI wants to stay on this fucking moral high horse, but whatever, you know, corporatism, money, I, ads, I, whatever. I feel like they just want someone to help them get a footing into the, you know, the whole internet thing before they go and be like, hey guys, so we're Maybe. just going to have, we're going to be like Tumblr and like let you run rampant. But I mean... So I guess in a sense, like I can understand because there's some people that have made AI for like on character AI for like young kids, like we'll say like sure. Johnny Test or uh, let's yeah. try to think of some other ones. But like, well, even car- that one cartoon characters, they, too. I mean, yeah, that's, that's young morally questionable as well. Characters. Yeah. But I, I do agree with the fact that I feel like if you subscribe to the whole thing on character AI, I feel like there should be that option that's like. Do you want to use the not safe for work option or do you want to use it? Yeah. Versus, even you know, if you have totally not right. having it. Yeah. Even if you have to like prove you're of age, you know, that could still be a thing reserved for those that use that in that regard. Yes. Submit your ID or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And people are like, oh, I don't want to sexualize cartoon characters. It's like people have been doing that since cartoons have been around. You're not going to stop that. It's like, don't go and to Div- don't go to DeviantArt then. Like, yeah. <laughs> The My Little Pony <laughs> franchise has definitely had the most Rule Thirty Four in the entire entire thing of cartoons. I think yes. we have nothing to really worry about. Mm-hmm. And I would much to rather leave your have... viewers. I want to leave your viewers with this thought: Did you know that Bronies consider jacking off to My Little Pony art clopping? I'd you never... take that as you will. I've never you heard enjoy that. that thought. I have yes. Big... In, in fact. They do. Go <laughs> go pause the podcast and look it up and come back. It's cute. <laughs> Just like how the furries call there's like yipping or something or yiffing. I can't remember which one that is, but yeah, the bronies have contracted a new a word for them beating off to the My Little Pony art as clopping. Indeed. That's when a, I crazy. found that out, I was so bomb fat, dumbfounded that I was like, I need to let everybody I talk to know this. And you have. Uh, I remember. I very like, yes. <laughs> I am so sorry. Like, I have to tell you this. 
I did. I said, Jada, listen, you need to know this right now. I've, I had to find out about it, so now everybody must find out about it. Yes. I am very distraught by it. But mm-hmm. anyway, I digress. There's probably no, at least a like, thousand people that have heard it now as well. Like, you've shared you've shared it. <laughs> but my thing is, like, and I, I know what some people are going to say, like, oh, you know, it's kind of like pedophilia for the whole like kids that have our AIs on the site. And like, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to really, I, I would much I rather them talk to an AI teenage girl than a real teenage girl. That's fair. You know? I, I, would, yeah, I, I, I didn't I would feel like I was like supporting it, but I, I, cause I don't at all, but I was just like, I was trying to think of a way to say it without being like, Oh yeah, I totally support that because I don't. Yeah. It's like, it's like, I don't support that either. But then again, you know, like. If you're going to do it to an AI robot that's on the computer and not a real 20, a 12-year-old Stephanie, then that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. Just don't go harm anyone, you know. Or even if you have a weird fetish that's kind of dangerous. Yeah. Just, you can do it on AI, not in real exactly. life. Exactly. I think the AI is a whole lot better. I love how we deterred to this conversation. It's very right. good. No, it's very good. I, the, hey, I'm glad we did. That's a whole other episode on its own. But yeah, it, it is. It is. I, I, I'm you know what? I'm happy to have guests that have have played with AI because I think a lot of uh, I mean, one, it's pretty new. But a lot of the guests I've talked to uh, are not as technologically, um, you know, keyed in. Um, so it's, uh-huh. it, yeah. it, it is nice to talk with uh, with some people who have actually played with it um, as well. I think I think dill has as well i have to go back and listen to that episode but um yes we'll we'll see and that actually brings me to my my final question which is this has been a lovely interview where where can we find you and and your work on uh, on social media or or other channels you want to plug well i am master at master astro for on twitter uh i have me and Jaden's ass actually as my profile picture uh mm-hmm very cute and yeah right <laughs> couple goals we're I also both uh we're also both linked on each other's bios on twitter so you could find us well, there i have quickly. to fix yours but i know mine's probably good for use but since you change your name like almost as much as i change my underwear it's probably mm. changed oh no oh, well no it's it says it's still there and it's working on your end so oh um or if you, everyone is looking for more of a gaming aspect, I do have a gaming channel on YouTube uh, as Dirk the Gamer, or that gamer Dirk, I can't remember which one it is, but if you would like to follow a gaming channel, I post there as well, start to again. Um, but yeah, uh, Jaden, if you have any more you would like you can to... Find... <laughs> yeah, you can find me on Twitter at MasterJaden. 828 as my student um i was on snapchat for a while but since snapchat has gone really strict on their regulations i'm just not really there anymore Don't i'm also on me. telegram as well uh master jaden 232 i'm sorry it's not consistent but someone took it for some reason which is weird and i do have music coming out very soon um it'll be on my twitter if you want to find that i don't know when this episode is going to be up but yeah so that's where you can find all my stuff Awesome. Awesome. I cannot thank you both enough for coming on and, and talking to me and, and really sharing um, a deep perspective on on your views on the community, AI and and just everything. It's been it's been really fun. And I hope I hope you uh, both had a great time as well. Oh, I had fun. I'd do it again. 
Oh, this was amazing. Thank you so much for having us. Well, having me and my boyfriend again. It's a pleasure. Absolutely. My pleasure.